0: Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Deeper Still, the women's ministry podcast of Christ Church of Oak Brook. My name is Suanne and I have the amazing privilege of being your host for this podcast. And as always, I am glad that you chose to stop whatever you're doing in the midst of whatever kind of day you're having to listen, to refuel your soul, to let God whisper in your ear and whatever it is that you need today I'm just glad you chose to be part of this community, and we're gonna pray that God meets you exactly where you're at. Two quick things before we get started today. First, I wanna give a shout out to my friend, Carol who, after listening to last week's episode where I said I was really struggling to find beauty in the desert, and I mean that not metaphorically, but literally beauty in the desert of the Southwest United States, and so Carol sent me the most beautiful picture of a sunrise from out in Arizona, so I just want to say thanks, Carol, for listening in and for correcting my view of the world, which we're all about here at Deeper Still, and so I'm going to post that picture on our Insta- Instagram page at Women. so you all can be reminded of God's beauty as well. And if you don't follow us there, uh, please do that because it's a great way to stay connected to this community. Second, I want to give a shout out to all the women out there who are part of the Team World Vision Marathon this weekend who ran to bring uh, clean water to kids in Africa. It was so awesome to see your pictures on social media. You are inspiring, you are amazing, and you are actually a great reminder of what we're going to talk about today, that we can't just be hearers of the word. We actually have to do what it says. So thanks for that reminder. We are so proud of you. And if anyone wants to learn more about that or support one of our runners, just Google Christchurch of Oakbrook team World Vision and follow the links. Well, we have a great conversation planned today as we continue our study of the book of James. And to help me with that, I am so excited to introduce my good friend, one of my colleagues, one of my favorite ministry partners, our high school ministry director, Aaron Foster. Aaron has been on the staff of Christ Church for a number of years now, serving our youth and family ministry, as well as being part of our wider teaching and preaching team and the life of the church. Aaron and his wife, Kara are people who've had a huge impact on my own children, and so I appreciate them both very deeply. And I've also just learned so much from Aaron as I've watched him lead ministry with humility and with grace and with creativity and humor that I'm sure he's going to bring today. Uh, Aaron and Kara also have a pretty awesome dog named Theo, and so I'm sure Theo will find a way to be weaved into the conversation somehow today. So friends, sit back. Settle in, grab a Bible if you have one close by, and take a listen as Aaron and I go deeper still. Aaron Foster. Hello. <laughs> Welcome, my friend. Thank I'm so you. excited that you're here today. I am
1: excited to be here. Yeah, I um, actually think that I'm going to have you just record or take the recording of your intro for me, and I'm just going to listen to that every morning <laughs> as affirmation because that was amazing. Thank you. And I also listened to the previous episodes um and this is becoming my new favorite podcast so i know it's for it is yeah (laughs) it is i know it's for the women's ministry but it's going to be the women's ministry and then jiminy and me watch or listening (laughs) to this so jiminy you and i solidarity for being the men that are listening to the women's ministry podcast but it's great
0: that's right. You know, it's our, uh, one of our ulterior motives for women's ministry is we say women's ministry, but we really think we're so amazing that everybody should be part of it. And they so should. I appreciate that.
1: Yeah. I'll be at the next well gathering. <laughs>
0: awesome. We'll let you in. Hey, so Aaron, I had the craziest thing happen the other night. So I was at our youth ministry gathering out here in the church parking sure. lot. I was, and you were there too.
1: I was also there. Yep.
0: And we were playing this game And then all of a sudden at the end of the game, there was this like crazy screaming and cheering because you, actually Steve Noble, made an announcement on behalf of you and Kara.
1: Yep. Uh,
0: What was that all about? That
1: announcement is that Kara and I are having a baby. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. We are excited to announce that to our um, wider circles now. And April 4th is the date. So clear your calendars, um, (laughs) even though that is... That is Easter Sunday. Um, clear your calendars <laughs> to expect baby foster coming April 20, April 2021.
0: So I love it. I love it. An Easter Sunday. Yeah, you can't beat it. But you know what? You can't beat it. No. We had an Easter baby too. Clay was actually born the day before Easter. Oh. So we, I was in the hospital on Easter Sunday. Wow. I think it's the only Easter we've missed church maybe, at least as an adult. I don't know. <laughs> Makes
1: sense. So we're in good, we're in good company here. You are.
0: Well, we are so excited for you. You and Kara are just going to, you guys are amazing people. Like I said, you've meant so much in our family, the Mm. lives of our children. And um, I know so many students that are out there. And to think that, you know, you get to raise one of your own now and uh, (laughs) learn all the things that you thought you knew. Lots of learning.
1: Yes. No, we're already humbled to that fact. We, um, We are very close with Kara's sister and they have three little ones of their own. So we've been able to kind of watch them grow up and and raise their kids and so we're we're excited to step into that um and yeah we're going to need all of you out there we're going to need your help should we
0: give them your email address just for all the parenting advice unsolicited
1: (laughs) advice is our favorite type um so we will take it about anything, parenting or just life in general.
0: That's right. I, I could use that, too. So I'm, <laughs> we're a long way into this parenting journey, and I will still take unsolicited advice. We need all the help we can get. That's
1: right. Takes a village.
0: <laughs> uh, well, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, I'm thanks just, for I'm so glad you're here.
1: Oh, I'm likewise.
0: Yeah. Um, so, Aaron, uh, I'm glad you listened to the last couple podcasts because we have been spending the last several weeks... Uh, walking through the first chapter of the book of James, and you and I are going to close that out today uh, by covering verses 19 through 27. And I have to tell you, um, we are stepping into a minefield today, my friend.
1: (laughs) Kind of feels like that in every (laughs) chapter of James, once you get into it.
0: (laughs) That's right. I'm starting to feel that for sure. So, we're going to have a good time with this, and there's going to be lots of good stuff that comes out of it. James is just throwing all kinds of wisdom and practical stuff at us, and it's going to challenge us today. So you, you ready for it? Let's do it. All right, let's do it. Ready
1: as I'll ever be. <laughs> That's
0: right. Me too. Hey, would you mind reading? I don't know. Do you have this, the, this piece of scripture open right there? Could you just uh, read? Let's, you know what? Let's read the whole thing. Let's read 19 through 27 if you have it, just to give our listeners an idea of, of where we're at and what we're talking about today.
1: Can do. James 1, 19 through 27 says this. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Mm.
0: Minefield. Minefield. Did you hear them all in there? We're going we're gonna to hit as many as we can today. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, so the first thing I want to do is let's pause right at the very beginning because James hits us right out of the box with a sucker punch when he says, Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry and I want to focus in on these uh, quick to listen and slow to speak especially because sometimes we get to this place in scripture we read something and we just have a we just have to have a gut check because we interact with the word we read something we don't have to know anything about the text and we just go oh okay I need to pay attention to whatever that's saying because maybe I'm not very good at that maybe I need to work on that and so I don't want to blow by this I want to sit right here for a minute and uh will not you, I'm gonna to kick to you for a minute. Share with me what hits you from that as we walk through our 2020 election, social media, crazy, crazy world today. What hits you?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, one of the things that I've been learning um, as I'm, yeah, just walking through life is that communication is really difficult. Clear communication is really difficult. Mm. Um, and the only thing that I've found that can improve clear communication is listening. Um, And not only listening, but asking the questions, the correct questions to be able to hear and listen more accurately. Listening is is just so much more effective in most situations, whether it's relationships or ministry um, situations. Listening is so much more effective than talking. Um, I often find myself, and I'm sure if Kara, if you're listening, <laughs> Kara, my wife, hello, Kara. Um, there are there have been plenty of times where she has been sharing something with me, and instead of listening to what she's she's sharing with me and and um, just sitting with her in that, I'm I'm one step ahead, and instead of listening to the issue, I'm already working on, okay, well, let's find a solution. Let's get Mm -hmm. to the end of that. Um, And that type of environment, I'm not allowing myself to fully hear what she's experiencing. And I'm not allowing myself to be present in that conversation because I'm worried about what do I say? What Mm -hmm. do I bring to this conversation? Whereas if I could just sit there and listen um, and ask questions that, that bring out Um, more truth from her about the situation that helps me understand where she's at in that situation, um, that will create an actual beneficial and fruitful Mm -hmm. conversation and will grow the relationship. Um, And so conversation, um, conversation isn't always what's necessary um the way that we think about it in terms of a back and forth but a listening um and and being able to truly hear the heart of what is what somebody's talking about is is so important Mm -hmm. um and so when i'm when i'm hearing this right off the bat the first thing i think of is yeah i need to to not worry about talking um but i need to worry more about listening and trying to draw out um draw out truth and in the other person's perspective more accurately through that
0: Yeah, and I love that you bring up, I mean, how often, I think one of the things you said is just true of all of us, that when someone's talking, how often we find ourselves trying to figure out what, what's the next thing we're going to say. I mean, I, I do it in work meetings. I do it when I'm listening to people. Okay, how can I how can I advance this conversation in some way or what I'm going to say? And then we, we end up not really listening a whole lot at all. And I find that happens. And I find the other thing that happens, we're so distracted. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much noise that's being thrown at us from so many different ways, right? I mean, how, how many of us, if you have your phone out during a conversation that, it, you know, you get a, a news headline, you get a text message, you, I, I shared with you my last a week when we were uh, Chris and I or Lisa and I were talking she FaceTimed me like 800 times while we were recording and hi, I, I know hi Sadie <laughs> she's not listening uh, she just wants to talk to me right but how often how many things in our culture today especially just uh, fight for our attention
1: mm-hmm, totally
0: and how hard it is to cut out that noise
1: yeah definitely yeah it's it's very we live in a very distracting time um and and not only that but we want to there's not a lot of space for just sitting and in, in mm-hmm. silence in a conversation um, because any any place that we're um, engaging in conversation whether it's in person or whether it's um, on you know social media or digital conversation um, or there's content pushed out to us, there's no break. there's no, space to sit and and truly listen. It's always a back and forth. And so when we're in conversations, it often feels really uncomfortable to sit and truly listen with something that somebody said, um, because we just wanna be able to continue the conversation as Mm -hmm. opposed to sit and make sure that we're really hearing somebody. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's so much power in being able to hear and listen um, so that we can have an actual solid, accurate conversation about mm. what, what's being shared.
0: Yeah. And it's a, it's a, you have to be intentional about it. Like none mm-hmm. of us on our own, I don't think are good listeners. It's something that has to be practiced and cultivated sure. and it's a discipline.
1: Yeah, definitely. It truly is. Yeah. And, and being for me that discipline more recently in one of my, um, the small groups that Kara and I are in with, um, several other couples, one of the, one of the other guys in their had a quote that was about how important it is to ask the right questions mm. in conversation. And that's more important than being able to have the right advice or the right way forward or the right, you name it. Um, it's more important to, to ask um, the important questions. And so that's been part of that discipline of listening for me recently has been sitting with that and trying to practice that in conversations. Mm.
0: What I love about that is that it's taking us right into James as he takes us a little bit deeper because everything you just said and everything that we've talked about, we need to do that when we approach the word of God. Mm -hmm. And it's really easy uh, to take these little 8, 12, whatever how many words they are and say, I'm going to apply these to my life personally. I'm going to apply it to the relationships um, that I'm in, which we need to do, right? Clearly that's a way to love other people is to be a good listener and to be slow to speak. But what James is really talking about here is not so much our personal lives. While that's important, what he's actually talking about is our relationship with God and how, especially how we approach the Word of God, that when we come to the Word of God, we actually need to be good listeners because so often we do the same thing that we do to other people when we sit down to the Bible or when we sit down to pray, right? We talk, talk, talk. We are not slow to listen in our relationship with the Lord,
1: totally i can't tell you how many times i've sat down um to read scripture or to pray and i'm going into that um conversation i'll call it because that's what we we want to see scripture as is god speaking to us i go into that by saying okay here's what i want to get out of this Mm -hmm. and i don't say that necessarily um specifically or explicitly but that's the posture with which i'm going into the the conversation going into the prayer going into the reading of scripture is okay here's what I want to draw out of that today because that's going to make me feel better about this specific situation as opposed to going Mm. into it with a posture of listening and true humility to the scripture or to God in that prayer um, which would be much more fruitful because Mm. instead of putting my own spin on what I think uh, the scripture says or what I want it to say Mm. I will actually be challenged by what God is speaking to me, whereas otherwise I would just blow right past that and never, never experience that challenge and just live in this state of comfort with scripture um, that can be damaging down the road.
0: Yeah, and when we're honest with ourselves, when we when we really get honest with our souls, we need to recognize that about ourselves that that part of the amazing thing about interacting with scripture is we do bring our full selves right mm-hmm. we bring our we bring our baggage we bring our wounds we bring our family of origin we bring our marriage like we don't sit down to the word of god just being this like blank slate that doesn't have anything right. to bring to it we bring ourselves to it but the bad side of that is we bring ourselves to it right
1: Right, as opposed to allow coming to it with everything and allowing god to illuminate the pieces of scripture that speak to those specific things because obviously we know we believe we we trust that god knows everything that we are working working through in our lives um the praises and and the the valleys as well and not only does he know that we're going through them he knows what they feel like Mm. um like we talked about or what like what you talked about um in last week's podcast i believe but um, the beauty of, of a listening posture in terms of Scripture is that God will truly give us what we need to hear um, in light of our circumstances, as opposed to us bringing our circumstances into the text and saying, here is what I want to hear about this, mm. um, because that's a inaccurate way of, of um, speaking to the things that are happening in our lives. We want God to be pointing that out for us um, mm-hmm. through listening to the Scripture.
0: Yeah, and I love these things are mirroring together as we approach God, as we approach one another. I've been in so many difficult conversations over the last six months, seven months. I don't know how long have we been in COVID. To, Ten years. <laughs> last year. This, this last, last thirty decade years of, of my life. Yes. Um, and how many difficult conversations I've had uh, based on w- responses to COVID, on kids that go back to school, on race, on politics, and I feel like. I've been in these conversations. There's just conflict everywhere. And I find what happens, and I, this has been eye-opening for self-awareness for myself, and I, I'm starting to notice it in others too and just kind of praying through what what I do about this or what we do about this is that um, – You know, bring up race or politics or whatever we do. We come to those with these preconceived notions. We come with our baggage. We come with our biases. And so what we tend to do is find someone that agrees with us, that is willing to support our narrative, that Mm -hmm. is willing to um, reinforce what we already think we know is true. And that is not a listening posture. That is not a humble posture. It's not helpful.
1: Right. Yeah, we get caught in whatever tribe we... Intentionally ascribed to or unintentionally ascribed to, we get caught in that echo chamber that doesn't help us see other sides and it doesn't help us often see the truth of the situation. Um, And for those of us who are more active on social media, that stuff, there are algorithms that are designed to keep us in that um, and not to let us off the hook and say, oh, it's not my fault. It's the algorithms. Mm -hmm. Um, But to say, let's be aware of that Mm -hmm. and know that um, we are being often um, things are being put in front of us that the the social media, you know, algorithm designers know will get us back there because it's what we want to hear. It's what we want to hear about ourselves. It's what we want to hear about our nation. It's what we want to hear about our God oftentimes, Mm -hmm. um, even though those things might not have um, full truth behind them
0: yeah yeah so just a great i mean we could talk about this all day long um but great just a great awareness to bring into as we come to scripture as we come to our relationship with others that all this stuff going on and what we need to do which james says so beautifully as Mm -hmm. we continue this passage is he says we need to do two things we need to get rid of all moral filth and evil And we need to humbly accept the word planted in us. And these have some great word pictures, both of these things. So I want to take a minute and just talk about these. This get rid of all moral filth and evil. Um, That word, that get rid of, this ridding yourself is actually, it means uh, it's a picture of a garment. And it means strip off your clothes, Mm -hmm. right? And so I had this picture, and I know you have some pictures too, and I want you to share too. Uh, But I had this picture of like... um, so you like to play soccer you like yep. to play frisbee sure uh, whatever or if your kids are out playing in the mud right yep. you're playing one of those ultimate frisbee games in the mud in the rain and yep. then you come home at the back door and you try to come in and Kara's like whoa
1: yep totally stop
0: right <laughs> and what's she gonna tell you to do take it all off right yeah, take, it, it literally means to strip yourselves of those things that we're talking about, of the filth and the evil, and and humbly come into that place clean. You for had sure. some great insight on this.
1: Yeah, I, I kept, um, as I was sitting with it and kind of looking through some of the notes um, as we were preparing for this, It, it um, it's very much like an undressing. We get used to um, this, all of that moral filth and evil, and I will even, ex- I'll, I'll describe that maybe a little bit um less um um yeah i'll describe it a little bit differently um in that it's it doesn't always present itself as filth and evil but it mm. it might present itself as you know stuff that we are comfortable with um and we won't really see it as filth and evil but we get um used to having being in a worldly culture that um imprints itself on us um, and so we carry the the perspectives and the thoughts and the um, ideals of that, and we bring it into our the way that we read scripture. But it it takes an undressing, like Sue like you're saying, it takes that that stripping of that um, to be able to bring ourselves um, humbly into a relationship with scripture or, or a moment in prayer. Um, and so I think a lot of the time, it's really, really uncomfortable for us to do that, to, to have that undressing, to have that stripping of that moral filth and evil, because we are so unused to what it feels like to not have that around us. Um, Mm -hmm. and it feels almost shameful. Um, it feels almost, um it's just it's just very uncomfortable because we don't have it, it feels like a crutch for us that we that we have we're comfortable in it and so when we have to get rid of it um we're not used to that we don't we don't have that experience very often in every circle that we're in we're used to having that wrapped tightly around mm-hmm. us as you know our our comfortable safekeeping blanket that keeps us warm um but what james is saying here is we need to take that off we need to lay that down and approach um, approach Scripture humbly. Approach God humbly, without that um, as a crutch or without mm. that as a as a place to find um, comfort, even though it's not real comfort.
0: Mm. You know, and he, this is why I love doing this because you just gave me a whole another word picture that I hadn't thought of, and it's going to really come into play when we hit the last couple verses. Cool. So I want you ladies to make sure you're thinking about it. It's the moral, the the filthy, ugly, dirty mud. Is easy to say we need to take off the warm, cozy blanket.
1: Oh, interesting. Yeah,
0: not so easy to take off, right? Kind of, I kind of like that. Yeah, in all of those places, and you know, I don't know if you know this, women, especially in the fall, we layer like like we are <laughs> geniuses about layering. Aware. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm thinking about all those layers we put on. That's right. That's, cra- that, and, that's yeah, a great. That yeah. And the, picture. the truth
1: is, it feels those layers feel comfortable and they they feel they make us feel the way that we think we should um and so often that's the enemy giving us a a bad experience of what those are really doing for us it feels like it's it's helping us but in reality it's hindering it's hurting um and so yeah important to to keep in mind Mm. even if it does feel right um that is you know in many cases what god's calling us Mm. to strip away
0: to strip away yeah that's good Two other quick verses I'll throw at um, our audience, just as some other uh, cross-references here in our scripture. Hebrews twelve one, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sins it so easily entangles. Very similar word picture. And then the opposite of that, which I love, Colossians 3 is one of my favorite passages of scripture, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves Mm. with compassion with kindness with humility with gentleness and patience put on right so it's not just a stripping off put on the character of God right as we walk through our lives. Yeah, that's
1: a really cool image. Love how scripture works that way. Isn't
0: it amazing? It kind of all goes together. Yeah. It's like someone had it a plan right. when they put <laughs> this thing together. <laughs>
1: it's like divinely inspired or something. Wow, it's
0: amazing. Uh, so, hey, then this other thing that James tells us to do in verse 22, uh, it might actually be verse 21. I might have the wrong verse written down. 22 or 21, someone can correct me. Uh, humbly accept the word planted in you, this idea that, um, so there is that stripping on or off, however we want to look at it, but also inside of us, right? So not just the exterior, but but God plants his word inside of us so that um, we rely on something that, that is... Uh, Otherly, that is divine that is actually part of who we are, when we put the right stuff in, when we ingest the Word of God, when we eat it, mm-hmm. like the Old Testament tells us to do, that it's actually in us
1: yeah yeah
0: so, what what are your share some thoughts on that
1: yeah i think I think that's um so important to remember that that is planted in us, and I think it speaks um directly against what our normal experience is kind of continuing the the topic that we were just touching on we are steeped in a culture um, for you know this is low-hanging fruit for our you know few weeks before the election but we're mm-hmm. steeped in a culture of um, a vi- often a very specific political tribe um, and so that is outward influence that we are adopting the perspectives of um, and it makes us difficult to hear the perspectives of others because they're so different and all these other things we're seeing the the um, turmoil of of that reality in a lot of our lives but um, But when we are listening to what's planted in us and what's innate in us, what God has gifted in us, that planting that creates an amazing fruit that flows out of us rather than putting something on to kind of um, hide what our, our true reality is. We can, we can turn to Christ and say, can you illuminate what is in us? Can you illuminate our word that is your word that is living in us um, and allow us to live differently outwardly because of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a, a, passage from isaiah that talks similar to this that i would like to read for us um, and it's isaiah 55 verses 10 and 11 and it says this as the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields uh, seed for the sower and bread for the eater so is my word that goes out from my mouth It will not return to me empty, but I will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. And so that is the same word, um, just like the rain that comes to the earth and makes it flourish and bud and all of this new life come from it. That is the same word that is planted in us and that when we can humble ourselves to it. That flourishing and budding and growing will happen in each of us, um, and then as you know, extrapolating that across the body of Christ, imagine the the power that the word that's in each of us can have as we approach it humbly and, and water it and and um, and draw it closer to it.
0: Mm. Yeah, and, and James is – I love that you brought up that psalm because it is – this idea is woven throughout Scripture. Again, it's 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 God's plan that um, we would have the Holy Spirit inside of us through Jesus. It was also his plan that we'd have the Word inside of us, and, and James is um, actually directly drawing from words – and ideas from prophets like Jeremiah when he says, um, God says this, uh, wait, I gotta start that over. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel. After that time declares the Lord, I will put my law on their minds and write it on their hearts. I I will be their God and they will be my people. Deuteronomy says these commands I give to you today are to be on your hearts and press them on your children. Ezekiel, I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit on you. It seems to me that God is very concerned with the transformation of our hearts and that he knows his word and his spirit are the really the only ways at the end of the day that we are going to be transformed from the inside out.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, it's it's a um, common thread. And yeah, in the, the Shema, after the Shema, he says, tie these on your your arms, bind them to your head. Um, make this like a regular part of who you are. Make it make your life um, Li- a living outflow of this um, of of my word and and we'll be able to see then that living and activeness um, of the word in our lives in powerful ways
0: yeah and I would say this is probably one of the hardest thing for even you know any of us in our faith journey is to be consistent with you know, everyone says, "Gosh, I wish I, I just wish I read the Bible more." I just, I know I should. It's like going to the gym, right? We know we should, we don't do it enough, and and there is this consistent refrain that we talk about as believers that we hear, like, "Oh, I, yeah, I, I definitely need to do that more," and we don't, and we don't for a whole variety of reasons. I think we probably believe the lie myself included. I'm too busy. I don't have time. Uh, I'm not good at getting up early. I'm not good at staying up late. I'm not good at carving out time in the middle of my day, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, I work. I have kids um, that we don't create the time. And I think this is such an important reminder that we need to. And I don't mean that in a way that brings guilt and shame to people of pointing a finger, but also that um, it's an important discipline, to uh, figure out how to weave in—I mean, part of part of your life—and the great thing today is there's there's apps and there's there's stuff to listen to. It's not just I sit down at six a.m. with my Bible and have an hour quiet time. Right.
1: Yeah, we are living in a in a time again where where a lot of this um, discipline, spiritual discipline, is being made easier and easier for us, and yet we are, have more and more that vies for our time for it. But that is the that is the heart a lot of or of a lot of this. Um, this the book of James is is spiritual discipline. What does it look like to discipline yourself to live a life that's disciplined um, for God um, and drawing closer to the Word? And, and that is really difficult um, for 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 many of us to to find that that rhythm. Um, but within that rhythm, we get to experience that planting and that that budding and that flourishing in how the Word. Um, speaks to different aspects of our lives that we don't expect it to um, and, and gives us wisdom or gives us guidance or gives us comfort when we need to in ways that we can't even understand. Um, and so when we can experience that, when we get a taste of that, that fruit and flourishing that sp- scripture can, can um, bring to us, um, it gives us more inspiration to, to carve that time to find mm-hmm. the space and to, to dive into reading scripture and, and, and resting in it as well
0: yeah yeah so keep encouraging one another and just do what you can little bits at a time if that's all you got. just give it what you can give it and um, just watch what God does with that because he will. And so we're just we need to keep encouraging each other with that. So thanks for that that reminder. All right, so we're gonna move in. so we have we have established that we need to be uh, slow to listen. Nope. See, that's the problem with that that verse. We think that's exactly what we think we need to do: slow to listen. I got it wrong. We it's get it wrong. It's easier to be slow
1: to listen, though. Oh, so it's, that's, that's it's God be the telling right way, me something right? right
0: there. Slow to talk, quick to listen. How about that? That uh, you know, we need to check our anger. We didn't talk a lot about that, but slow to anger, patience. And I think when we are good listeners, you made this point earlier. When we can be empathetic and compassionate and listen to people, uh, we're less defensive. We're less angry because we're we're seeing things not. just from our own point of view. And so that's a piece of what James is saying there. That's not the whole thing of what James is saying there. But uh, but it's part of that humility because sometimes we may get angry with what we think God may be telling us mm-hmm. in scripture, which this next part is going to start getting dicey when yeah. we get there. Yeah, yeah, or we might be getting mad at the preacher because they're preaching God's word <laughs> and we don't like what they're saying because it's making us uncomfortable. So yeah. let's be slow to anger.
1: Yeah, I think, I think another note just briefly on the anger thing is um, when we often our anger stems from a lack of humility towards the other or towards God um, when we think that we have we have the correct answer or the correct, the correct way forward and that isn't what's happening. Mm-hmm. The anger stems from that and it's and it's often a lack of humility um, that brings that up. And so this is all kind of pointing back to that posture with which we approach relationship or approach scripture like we're, we're getting at is let's do that with true humility, a humility that is Quick to listen, a humility that's slow to speak, to inject our own opinions on Mm -hmm. it, a a humility that is slow to become angry because that type of humility won't have, you know, won't be clinging to our own opinions and perspectives that we Um, think are definitely right. So I think mm -hmm. it's just all pointing back to that. That um, posture of humility. Mm.
0: You know, last week at the end of the show, I think when I introduced you, or when I teed you up, I said you were wise but on your ears. Right there, my friend, wow. wise but on your ears. That's years, not your ears, your years. It's impressive. My, That's i put that good.
1: on my resume. <laughs> That's Quote good from stuff. Sue Ann yes, Panfield. please
0: do. That's good stuff. I have a uh, one of my favorite authors, Anne Lamott, says uh, it's one of my favorite quotes. You can safely assume you've created God in your own image when it turns out that God hates all the same people you do. <laughs> So that's a that's a good heart check right there. Indeed. as you're we talking about what you're we talking about. All right. So we get to uh, verses twenty through to twenty-five. Uh, and James then says, all right, so here's the deal. When you listen, when you humbly put yourself before the Word of God, you can't just listen to it. You actually have to do what it says. And this is, this is where it gets hard. You know, Even the best of us who listen well, when the Bible starts um, messing with us and it actually starts to ask us to sacrifice, to sacrifice our resources, to sacrifice our time, to um, change, to do things we're not comfortable doing, that actually cost us something then all of a sudden we're like "Mm, this doesn't feel so good Um, where's my warm cozy blanket right Right? (laughs) where is that so um i think that's what we're moving towards and it's one of the reasons that james wrote it's the whole message behind his book this consistency between what we say we believe right back in chapter one let's not be the double-minded person that uh you know sits in church on a Sunday morning and then walks, you know, in the parking lot and and cusses out everybody cuz they're in the way, right? Let's let's not be that kind of person, but let's actually do what the word says. We can. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no. No. I was
1: just going to say. Yeah. This is. Um. This is just such a consistent theme in Scripture. In Paul. And even in the early church. You. You. I mean. Obviously, this is um, written from and for the early church. But Paul's letters as well, talking to the the churches um, that are being raised and built. He he reminds them repeatedly. Don't get. Um. Don't get caught up in living out what the culture is living out because that's so different than what we're saying. You're listening to the words of of scripture and you're listening to what the the life of jesus um puts forward but we're not acting that out and so um this this continue has always been and will continue to be one of the more difficult Mm. pieces of um truly humbly engaging in scripture and engaging in a life of faith as a jesus follower
0: yeah you know aaron one of the things i appreciate about you and uh you know in addition to being your colleague I I get to be a volunteer in one of your ministry, in your ministry, and that's such a privilege for me to watch you just be who God has created you to be and to watch your gifts do such an amazing job well, with you. what you do. You're welcome. And one of the things you do so well with our students is exactly this. You you, and our, our student ministry team um, really challenges kids to not just be hearers of the word, but to actually do what it says. You and I got to build a house together in Tijuana, <laughs> Mexico. Uh, we have some good stories from that. But, sure but you are so good about ingraining this idea into our students. And I'm just wondering what you've, what you've gleaned from that. When we actually do the things uh, that we say we believe, what, um, what happens to us as a result of it, as well as what happens um, to the people that we actually serve? What have you learned?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think one of, one of the things comes down to just the way that we are designed. Um, it's, it's a lot different to know something than to experience it. Um, and it's a lot different to understand like the you know theoretical side of something or the theological side of something than it is to have that um, ingrained in, in who you are, almost physically, tangibly, going and living that out. And so, um, much like there are so many different learning styles, a lot of people learn differently when they are able to do something and act on it. And that's very much the same way. When we can hear the word and we can see the benefits of it from that point of view, um, we get it. We understand it. But when we go and do it, there's something intangible that happens, and that's the Holy Spirit moving through us um, in a way that that only empowers the words that we heard. And so it's this this cycle of um, continuing to to um, enlighten us and unto the truths of Scripture um, and show us the the love of God um, and and build more confidence in us in. The knowing and the doing mm-hmm. um, in a really powerful way, and then for other people, um, there is nothing. There's no better witness than somebody who is 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 acting out um, what Jesus wants us to be acting out, mm-hmm. um, and that is just just a clear witness. Not only are we talking and in engaging in conversation in a way that that promotes um, the same type of care and love and support that Jesus did, but we're also acting it out uh, and we're, we're living into that, um, it, it creates a more accurate and um, really a more inspired and passionate witness for the people around mm-hmm. us. Um, and so that gives them then a glimpse of, of that, that love and that, that joy and that flourishing in a relationship with Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah, and I I think that's really important to point out that it's not just what happens inside of us, but it's it's what happens in the world around us and God 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 cares equally, I would say, about those two things. Definitely. They're not mutually exclusive.
1: Yeah. No, yeah, for sure. I think I think um we often talk to our students a lot about how um and this was one of the themes of this past week in student ministry was talking about how when we experience the love of Christ, we, that, that should cause a change in our life. And the way that we change our life and living our life, the physical actions and, and moving forward in life, Um, the people who care about us, the people who are friends with us, they're going to see that. They're going to see that we're changed and they're going to want to know more. And so that's um, and then that just points we can then point easily back to, well, this is because of who Jesus is in my life. I'm living this way. Um, And so God uses that. The Holy Spirit uses that as um, just an amazing witness to bring more people into um, a relationship with him through the way that us, his children Mm -hmm. live out that that experience of, of knowing God.
0: Mm, that's right. That's so good. And James gives us yet another imagery to remind us of, of how not to do this. And he says, you know, don't be like the person that looks themselves in the mirror and walks away and forgets. So don't be the person that that is showing up or um, sitting in your Bible study or um, even encountering the word of God and then walks away unchanged. We're like people that forget what we look like, and when you think about it, that's such an absurd thought. I mean, who looks in the mirror and walks away and immediately forgets what they look like? Most of us spend a lot of time looking in mirrors at ourselves, and so uh, the fact that 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 is a, a pretty almost absurd thing, and yet we actually do it all the time. Yeah, and so that's actually a very convicting and scary thought.
1: Totally. Yeah. It's um. In, yeah. Obviously, in his in his day and age when he was writing people weren't taking selfies every chance they got and so probably didn't really know as readily what they looked like and so but the 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 message remains the same right we often take quick glances or we hear we are listening to scripture and we're like oh yeah i guess i don't really live that way but immediately you know that's the look in the mirror that's the look into the word but then we immediately look elsewhere and say okay but i'm fine um Mm -hmm. we take the quick glance at the word and and at ourselves through that lens and then we we immediately forget and we assume that we're all good because we don't want to have to do that undressing or that stripping or that um, taking off of the warm blanket that we talked about earlier. Even though maybe we do kind of notice it in that quick glance, we just forget and we don't want to take that step because it seems like a, a big burden.
0: Yeah. And the thing that James encourages us to do instead of being the person that walks away and forgets he says that we need to be a man or a woman that looks intently. Mm. And this idea of, um, you know, if you've ever been on a walk or out in creation somewhere and you see something that looks really interesting and so you 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 don't walk by it, you actually pick it up. right And you look at it and you stare at it and you turn it over and you see, oh, it looks shiny here and it looks glittery here and what is this thing? And you look at all the, the crevices and the... All the dimensions of what that is you don't just walk by something that looks interesting or beautiful right and I think that's the picture that James is getting us giving us here. Pick it up, look at it, turn it over, look intently sure at what God is saying to you uh, as you encounter and yeah. experience him.
1: be quick to listen in that situation about what God is showing about yourself and about the way that you are living life through what his word is saying. Um, yeah. And so, it, yeah, it ties back into that that idea as well. Let's take the time to truly listen, to look intently, so to speak, um, at how God is is pointing out his word in us and for mm-hmm. us.
0: And, you know, as I'm listening to you say that, it's like everything in our culture today is contrary. We live lives contrary to everything we are talking about mm-hmm. right now. And so just just the moment to like pause and to be aware of this and to think about it and to to try to actually live into this is is kind of a big deal because everything in the world around us will say, "Uh uh-uh, rush by, go faster, look at yourself, look to the world. Uh, No messages are telling us today what James is telling us. Yeah,
1: it's completely, completely uncomfortable for us to hear this because Mm. we don't hear it really anywhere else. Everywhere else that we're engaged in, anywhere else that we're, um, you know, Having hearing from um, everything is saying quite the opposite, quite the opposite. Um, and so this is important for us to sit in and actually hear today as we're we're going through the book of James. Mm,
0: that's right, and then James ends as we get to these last couple verses. James ends with um, what I feel like is a a sucker punch to the gut and then an uppercut like <laughs> oh, right wow. after it. It's like, it's one, like, two. it's the one two right here because he said all this stuff to us and then he says those consider, those who consider themselves religious and then he talks about the tongue which actually we're not going to talk about. I would love to be able to talk about that. We're going to get into that pretty heavy in chapter three so you guys all get a pass on raining in our tongues today but don't blow by that either. <laughs> Tight rain a couple weeks their to let their fly. That's right. <laughs> A couple, a couple weeks to say whatever you want right. to whoever you want. <laughs> and then when we get to James 3. Permission we'll...
1: <laughs> from Sue Ann Camfield.
0: Oh, goodness. So, yeah, don't do that. Uh, but he says your your religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this. Okay. Let's not blow by this. This is, this is an actual thing, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. We talked about being polluted by the world. What about this orphans and widows? Because this is a piece I get to, and I think, oh, you just meant that back then. You don't mean that for us now. Um, and I, I was reading one commentary that, that jokingly said it's one of those verses where you get to and you say, all right, God, how do I get out of that? Right, not how do I lean into that, how do I actually get out of that little piece? Mm -hmm. And so first of all, quick question, Um, what is up with this word religion? Because we, a lot of us bristle at that word religion because we immediately think it's a list of rules, it's a list of rights and wrongs, and if we do the right thing, um, then, then that's enough. And their religion is filled with hypocrisy and, and judgment. And there's a lot of bad connotations. Yeah, even surrounding even that word religion.
1: That, you know, it it brings up thoughts of you know cult like things or negative groups that don't really. Yeah, there's something a little off about it. Um, and so you're totally right that that word is a little bit. Um, sometimes difficult for us to, to stomach in this day and age.
0: Mm-hmm. I found two things that were really helpful for that. One is the Greek word here is threskia, which actually is translated worship. And so when we think about our life being an act of worship, um, that that helps a little bit. So if we need to take out that word religion and, and really think of it as what is our living, acting um way of moving through life as an act of worship to God. So that yeah. that was helpful to me. The other thing I just want to throw some context in here is we remember so James was a good old Jew, right? Like he he knew the religion he knew what he was supposed to be doing and mm-hmm. following the law. I mean, he, he grew up with Jesus, um, even though we talked about he wasn't really down with Jesus sure. <laughs> when they were growing up together. But but he knew he was a good Jewish boy, and the the so he knew what religion looked like. And the other thing that was happening during um, that culture was there would have been a lot of other religions going on during the yeah. time where people would have been worshiping other idols and other gods, and many of those um, ways of worship and uh, being part of that religion had very specific rules and very specific practices. And a lot of times people would go as that religious practice and they would just give money or they would do something that would check off their box and that mm-hmm. meant they were good. And there was nothing about any of the religions happening in the this time in Jerusalem and the surrounding areas besides uh this new new thing going on with all the Jesus people, uh there was nothing about any of those other religions that were pure or faultless or undefiled. And yeah. so that contrast of what James is talking about when he's saying, hey, the the religion, the worship that we give to God, it needs to be pure and it needs to be undefiled. And it's not easy, but it's actually pretty simple. And here's what you need to do. Sure. Mm-hmm and and so you know, I think, wow, this is one of those pieces that um, when we think about widows and orphans, uh, the women who have been in studies with me, we've talked about this. We did the Book of Ruth, and we've done it. We've done Esther, and we've done a lot of different things. Where we know that during this cultural time, also, that widows and orphans were—if you were a widow or an orphan—you were destitute. You had nowhere to go. You had no one to look after you. You had no um, means of livelihood for yourself. you you were you were dependent on if you wanted to survive, you were dependent on the fact that somebody else would this word um, that we are talking about here, this it means seek after this this somebody else would seek you out. And mm-hmm. so it is not a um, reactive thing. It is not the, when we're down in the streets of Chicago and we walk by the homeless person and we decide mm-hmm. whether to throw throw a couple bucks there or not, it's not reactive, it's actually proactive that that James is telling us to seek out the widows and the orphans, those that are marginalized, those that can't care for themselves, mm-hmm. that we actually have to do. <laughs> yeah. We have to live out our faith and so, um, this piece is just so convicting to me because i i like i said i can definitely put on my warm blanket here yeah. and just sit with well yep. I, I give some money you know what i yep. i tithe i give money I, i'm a pretty good person i do some pretty okay things uh i i honestly am really sitting with this going where am i seeking out really intentionally yeah. those people yeah. that are destitute if someone doesn't seek them out.
1: Yeah, it's it's really interesting cuz just like you're saying we can't we we can't do the seeking out if we still have the mud on us or mm. the the warm blanket on us. Those things need to be stripped to be undressed in order for us to get to that point. And often that warm blanket is stuff that we think well because it's a warm blanket it's stuff Mm -hmm. that we are comfortable with it's stuff that we think is probably good for us Um, and one of the things that I think too that James is pushing on here is that idea that um, um, we need to we need to realize that our faith is not just on Sunday mornings in the church. It's not just worshiping and singing songs to God. It's not just giving giving money, but it's the outward living of our faith. That's where he's calling us to. Um, and, and one of the commentaries I was looking at talked about how we try to make our ritual and liturgy and worship services a substitute for sacrifice and for serving mm-hmm. others, which is really where James is pointing us. Um, and, and the course of scripture points us to sacrifice and serving others. Um, and so we fall into this trap that our faith lives only in our hearts and in the church building, but not mm-hmm. outside of the church. It doesn't live in, you know, the trap is we doesn't live in our neighborhoods. It doesn't live in the grocery store. It doesn't um, live in traffic. It doesn't live in our families. It's not in how we interact with one another online. It's not in our decision making. But the truth is that we need to be. Um, living out our faith in all of those areas and we need to be seeking out the people our faith our faith is truly um coming to to be fulfilled as we're seeking out the people um the least of these so to speak as as jesus describes um in in his words but um yeah that that idea that we need to be humbled to god's leading um take off the warm blanket so that we can do that seeking Mm -hmm. that looking after um the orphans the widows those who are destitute
0: which is exactly what Jesus did. He took off the best of everything yeah, well. when he stepped out of heaven to come down here with us, moral, filthy, dirty, <laughs> blanket-wearing people, yeah. and um, did exactly. He sought after us. This this phrase is exactly what God through the history of the Bible through the person of Jesus Christ has done for his people he did not sit back and wait for people to come to him he sought after his people which is uh, really convicting really beautiful yeah and really convicting that that's the kind of life we're called to
1: right what a beautiful um, model for us it's yeah in Micah it doesn't say what does the Lord require of you to go to church and to (laughs) be comfortable and to um, you know give to the church it says it says actionable words, right? To act justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with your God. Um, and that theme of, of living out our faith um, more than just in specific comfortable areas, but in everything we do in the way that we um, look for need to be met, um, to, to the way that we leave our comfort zones, the way that we strip off the things that we find um, to be warm and cozy and easy um to go truly live out our faith is is very very convicting um for me at
0: least mm, i'm literally sitting here with like a little bit of a pit in my stomach as how how just convicting and uncomfortable mm-hmm. in a good way yeah that this is actually i mean i just feel like god's bringing all kinds of things to my mind right now as we're having this conversation of just Um, ways not that we can be better people but ways that we can actually reflect the love of Christ uh, that makes a difference in the lives of people not just their earthly lives but their eternal lives and so (laughs) it's a good word we got our work cut out for us we do man hey okay I have one more question for you before we we um wrap it up for the day so um you're a one or two generations behind me, I don't want to say. You're, you're, you know, like two years younger than me. And so what I know (laughs) about your generation, don't say a word, just let that go. Just let it go. What I have learned about your generation especially is that um, this is not a small thing. When, when your generation specifically, and maybe even younger than you is looking to the church when they are deciding whether they're going to follow Jesus or step into our doors or or visit us online they actually want to know if we're doing the stuff that we're talking about because it makes a difference as to whether they're going to jump in or they're going to turn the other direction mm-hmm. and i just i think you have such a unique space to say this especially to our audience what do we need to know about why this matters to the next generation and beyond that are that we want to see come to the church,
1: yeah, that's a that's a great observation. Um, our our younger generations for for, and I don't know if I know exactly why, but they are very in tune with um, seeing how people live their lives. and I think one of the one of the reasons or um, easier inroads for that for the younger generations is how, Openly a lot of folks are living their lives on social media where things are getting posted. You can you're much more connected with people Who aren't really? um, Very close to you so you can see the way people are living you can match that up with what you know They believe what they think what they're talking about and our younger generations are very averse to hypocrisy to Mm. living one way um, but Preaching a message another way. Um, mm. And as soon as they'll see that, they will, um, to use a cliche term, they will unfollow. And whether that's, mm. you know, on Instagram or on Facebook or in real life, they'll just say, I don't want to associate with that anymore because I know they want this, which I also want, but they're also acting in a way that shows no concern for that. I know they want transformation in our cities. I know they want, um, you know, they want people to know Jesus and they want to love the the least of these, but they're not acting in a way that shows that. And so they are very um aware of when people, be it um the church or individual Christ followers, are living out a, a hypocritical or or a die psychos life if we go back well to done. a couple <laughs> podcasts ago. Um but but it is so important for us as older generations to be modeling the the a, a true way of following after Jesus Christ, and we're not going to hit it a hundred percent. But there's still opportunity in there when we do fall back to open ourselves humbly and say, "Yeah, I did make a mistake. Yeah, that isn't exactly mm-hmm. how I should be leading, but here is how I should be living." Um, and being able to to tie those together, understanding the 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 words, and falling into the the you know knowing about god but also allowing the spirit to move in us in such a way that lives out our faith Um, pairing those together and modeling that for our younger generations is so important for them Mm -hmm. to see yes this is something that is good and true and god is powerful within that um, and he is the one that's making this happen Um, and just being able to be that that witness for god for our younger generations they will be able to to um yeah, find excitement and passion beyond that because the things of Scripture are the things that that these these people want, these these younger generations want. They want to see. Um, unity. They want to see the body of Christ coming together um, in powerful ways. And so, yeah, being able to to model that for them is going to be just, uh, God will use that as an amazing witness for him.
0: Mm. That's such a perfect place, such a strong word, and a perfect place for us to end our conversation. Because I think that's something that we need to hear, and we need to hear it again and again. So, Aaron Foster, thanks so much Thank you. for being thanks, here everyone. today. Do you promise me on uh, Easter Sunday in April April, that we're gonna, you're gonna send me some pictures that we can of see a baby foster. Of course. All right, and then we we'll can. come on
1: the podcast and describe the pictures.
0: Yes, let's do it. <laughs> I love it. Thanks so much for being here. I appreciate you. you. Well, friends, I don't know about you, but wow, my soul has been convicted in a thousand different ways just from our short time together today, and I, I hope yours has been too, because that's actually a good thing. It actually means that we're willing to clear out the noise and distractions, to set aside our own voices, our own narratives, and really hear what God is saying to us and humble ourselves before him. So well done. I'm proud of you for hanging in there today. And I can't wait to come back again next week. If you are interested in learning more about our student ministries and having someone like Erin walk alongside your kids or your nieces or nephews or neighbors, uh, be sure to visit our church website at christchurch.us forward slash family, and you'll find everything you need to know there to get started. Next week, I'm excited to welcome Heather DeBoer to our show. She is an MDiv student at Northern Seminary, an intern here at the church, and just this beautiful and bright young woman who I promise you, you you're going to love getting to know as we take a closer look at James chapter 2. Next week, I'll also share a little bit more about how we can put our faith into action by being part of a local food drive that will serve and empower families right here in our own neighborhoods, and so stay tuned for that. But for now, friends, wherever you find yourselves today, wherever you're at on the journey, may God meet you in that space. May he make his face shine upon you and give you peace as he calls us to go deeper still in this messy life of faith we all find ourselves in together. So thanks for joining us. Have a great day, and we'll see you back next week.